This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Total Saints podcast, our weekly get-together discussing all things Southampton Football Club. We're live streaming our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to the channel to be the first to see the new videos. As always, a massive thank you to our TSP patrons who support all of our work. You can visit patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast to find out more about getting involved. Coming up on the pod this week, 19th versus 20th in the Premier League chance to close the gap on a wet Monday evening in Nottingham. We're going to look back at the Forest game and another disappointing result on the road. And next up, the penultimate home game of a sorry season, Fulham, the visitors this weekend. We will preview that game for you. My name's Martin Stark and I'm joined this week by Steve Grant, who is the owner of Saints Web. Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten and Alfie House is the Southampton reporter at the Southern Daily Echo. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 232 two of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints podcast. Now, if there was a small glimmer of hope, it was extinguished on Monday night at Nottingham Forest. 4-3, the final score. A frantic game. Glenn, I'm going to start with you this week. It wasn't to be, but for once, it, it felt like they gave it a bit of a go. Yeah, they did They did give it a go. There was um, there was more in attacking intensity in, in that performance on Monday than, than we've had all season, basically. There were, you know, people flying forward and we were you know, keeping the ball in their final third, in sorry, in the final third sort of thing. And, uh, and you know, look, looking a threat, we created a couple of chances in the first sort of 20 minutes. Shay Adams had one blocked that he should have taken first time. And then, of course, the first time they punt the ball forward, our, our defence, just dereliction of duty, basically, from mainly, I think it was down Maitland-Niles side and... Um, Bella Karchap in the middle just didn't, it was just marking space, basically. 
good goal straight through the hologram in goal. So that was one that was good. Great goal from Forest's point of view. You know, really, really good break, really incisive play. Um, but we didn't defend it well. And you still think, oh, we, we, you know, we've started okay. Um, the team on paper don't look too bad. And then we're 2-0 down with our next attack, which we had three or four chances to clear. And Belakochap just gets totally beasted, if you like, by the big centre forward, smashes it in the net, 2-0. And then because it's a game we've got to win, you you know we're screwed. But as as with Saints have done all season, they do just enough just to keep you interested. So we get back to 2-1. Again, you know, winning the ball, decent bit of play to tear up uh, Stuart Armstrong to tear up Alcaraz to score. And you think getting at halftime 2-1 and, and you never know. But then um, Maitland-Niles takes over again. bit unfortunate to give away a penalty. But it's, um, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, I, I knew the referee was going to give it. And and basically you can say, yes, he's booted his, at the end of the day, he's, he's kicked his foot and, and he's gone over. But it, it is um, it is unfortunate. And um, I I have sympathy if you try and argue it another way. But I'm not remotely surprised it got given. And of course, it was never going to be over, overturned. So three went down at half time. And I watched the second half just sort of laughing at bits of it, really, because you know, we're not going to win from 3-1 down at half time. But again, we we did it again. We got got a goal back, didn't we? And uh, again, that was that was the time when we really needed to, to push on. But before we could do that, we um, we, we let in another one. And, uh, and uh, yeah, then 4-2, could have been 5-2. And but it just seemed like every time Forrest attacked, they, they looked like they were going to score. But Neither fullback looked interested in defending, to be honest. But Walker Peters had a dreadful game defensively. Lianko was a massive improvement on Bella Kochap, which wasn't hard. And um, and Maitland Niles was just hilarious, both defending and with the ball playing this. What I mean, what was it? It was a bit like uh, it's a bit like a tribute act, wasn't it, to to Manchester City with the um, with the the left back turning up in the centre of midfield. But unlike Manchester City, he just found several different ways to give the ball away. It was just atrocious, and you know what do you what do you know about tribute acts? Most of them are crap. Just, <laughs> just, and that's and that's what happened. You know, master, master the basics. And that's my one criticism of, of Ruben Sellers from yesterday because I didn't think his starting lineup was that bad. You know, it was it was okay, but trying trying to overcomplicate things when we can't do the basics is the is is the main thing. You know, we we just we just can't do it. We're our own worst enemy, and. Getting getting beat four three, I think it flattered us a little bit in the end. So I think Forrest were always in control of the game, but um, but yeah, it's just uh, I I find it a shame that we're still in you know we're we're still looking at Fulham, the Fulham game, saying oh we we can win this. It's, uh, I just want it to be over. I've just had enough. <laughs> you just want and, the R next to the yeah. Game, and I just got to say fair play to everyone who who went up there for that game because it's um it's it's a it's a tough thing to do. At, at the moment, going to a place where there there can be absolutely zero expectation going into it, so to to go up there and uh, and watch that, get beat again, travel home, go to work the next day. That's um that's yeah. a that's a tough shift on a Monday night. So fair play to everyone who went. It's a long way to go, Steve. That's three times we scored three goals and not won a game. Um, it was the the lack of quality again that that that's let us down. We're talking about the same things every week, but it was it was plain to see. We if we'd have scored four, they'd have scored five. Yeah, I mean, thanks for stealing the stat that I was about to use as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Where yeah, I mean, on the face of it, you you look at that game and you kind of think, well, actually, 
I mean, on on any on a given night, actually, you probably win that game given the the quality of chances that we created. You look at, I mean, you look at the stats that we had. We had possession in good areas. Forest basically just did us on the break. Three out, three out of the four goals, really. And yeah, it was just infuriating that that was exactly how we knew they'd play, and we still fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And I mean, Steve Cooper must have gone back, got back into the dressing room at half time, absolutely himself thinking how the hell have we managed how, how the hell have we managed to uh, mug them off like this but i mean in, in truth i mean as, as i say we we played okay we we were all right for the most part and it, it won't be it's not a performance like last night that is the reason we're going down it's all the other ones no. where yeah if that was august or september we'd be all right with that wouldn't we yeah going, okay, august, august or september you you t- you take you take the positives from the game in that created a lot of chances there was a there was a fair amount of enthusiasm a good bit of pace to our game for a lot of the time which i think the i think the conditions helped wet weather always makes the game a little bit a little bit faster but yeah we've we've come we've got to the point now where the performances really don't matter in the slightest and results are the only are the only thing and once again we've not got not got the bit the bit that we absolutely needed um as you say earlier earlier in the season you can you can take a take a defeat like that and say well um on another day we win that game and it's it's not too not too bad if we keep playing like that we'll win more than we lose but actually if you defend like we did against basically the second worst team in the league against the good teams then you will still lose every game and that's kind of what we've been doing for the most part when we've when we've been playing um, under well, pretty much all three managers. Really, I think we were, we were probably a little bit more organised than under Ralph, but circumstances just didn't fo- didn't fall the right way. And I think in the end, everybody wanted wanted the change. I think probably even Ralph himself uh, by by the end of it. But I mean, we're we're coming now to the end of a season where it's going to be all change again, and mm. it's it's now a case of when do the board decide they're going to make make the announcement. Um, cause clearly there's, there's absolutely no way that sellers can stay on. Um, I mean, it's noticeable that his song is basically not been sung for the last three games. Now that people have finally cottoned on to the, um, the kind of disaster that, um, that it's turned out to, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of soul searching and a lot of, um, a lot of action to be put in place ahead of the summer. Cause, um, make no bones about it though. Um, the, the suits have got, um, got a fair amount of work to be, uh, to be getting on with. Yeah, you'd like to think they've started some of that now. Um, Alfie, you were there yesterday. There was clearly a plan in place because you spoke about it on Friday and we saw it. You know, they started well, they were pressing, they were hassling. But again, they just don't seem to have the players to to execute the plans. And it was the same old mistakes again. Yeah, I think Steve and Glenn have touched on the major points. Team selection-wise, I think everyone was pretty happy at, um, at 7 o'clock. And then, you know, quarter past eight, everyone was really happy. You know, they were on top for the first 15 minutes. Chair Adams was looking pretty lively. I don't think he really touched the ball again after the first 15 20 but he had exactly. a couple couple shots on goal and you thought all right they're, they're there for taking and like you said um it was just on the break twice and all of a sudden you're 2-0 down in a game where the atmosphere was phenomenal by the way um to be fair to them the city ground they have this great song at the start and steve cooper has his own song which apparently gets every single week as well and they're a team that's fighting relegation and they you know they are behind their team and i think that made it harder for them but yeah um it's 
I think you guys will have seen it, obviously, more than I will have in the old generation, but how many times are we going to sort of see these interim managers come in? I think Steve actually retweeted something I, I posted and saying, you know, this is just standard for an interim manager to come in, get a couple of results. You know, it was one goal conceded in Sellers' first four games. I think it's 23 in the nine that have followed um, after Carnage. And yeah, they have created chances. They, they've created a lot of chances, to be fair. But we spoke to James Ward-Prowse after, and aside from asking him about his future, which, you know, we tried to do and we didn't really get definitive answers because they're not going to. I think the one thing that he said was absolutely clear is that the experience isn't missed necessarily on the pitch. It's just in the dressing room. He keeps making reference to this. Every time Warprowse comes out for interviews, he keeps making reference to the fact that he really feels like he's lost his guys, I suppose. He thinks that, you know, I don't know whether it's Nathan Redmond or Romeo, um, whether it's Jack Stevens, Fraser Forster, I imagine is a big part of that as well, being so close. He feels that he's lost his 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 leadership group, his friendship group. And I think he really feels that that's probably the main reason they're in the situation. It was the first time, Glenn, in about thirty-five games that we were quite happy with that that starting lineup, and and the bench was was looking decent as well. There were some attacking options, as, as best we have um, on there. You know, it wasn't a bench packed full of, of defenders either. So um, I, th- I thought we might nick it. I, I, I honestly, when we sat down, I thought this this might be all right. We might get a point here. It was it's too little, too late. Yes, I agree with you. You know, it's the first time I've looked at the, the eleven names and thought, oh yeah, I can. I mean, I, I assumed that Maitland-Niles would be on the right and Walker-Peters on the left. Yeah. So, But I actually think it was a positive move to do it the other way around because you, you've got Walker-Peters attacking is is more um, more potent from the right-hand side, I guess. I mean, it didn't really turn out that way yesterday. But, I, you know, I I, I, I think that, the, yeah, the starting lineup was decent. I think the, the first substitution he made when um, Bella Kochap couldn't be bothered anymore, uh, I thought it was better to bring Lianco on than Chiletazar because he's just a little bit quicker. And I think um, I think it would have been a would have been a disaster and probably a red card <laughs> coming Chiletazar's way if he if he'd come on against Brennan Johnson. But um, so yeah, I, d- I don't necessarily think yesterday's defeat is is too much on on Ruben Sellers. It, it's it's more on the the players just not being aware. I mean, if you look at the look at the first goal, Che Adams gives away a free kick in their left back area. They take the free kick quicks, one pass forward to a guy, not I think it's Gibbs White, who's not picked up. He turns around. He's got all the time in the world to put the ball over the top to uh, to Johnson. One pass, goal. It's just it's just pathetic. It's about four or five players just not concentrating on what they should be doing. So um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, we did we did play well going forward, and it it was it was nice to see us. You know, Stuart Armstrong's a decent footballer when he when he's got his mind in the game sort of thing. Walcott has, has played reasonably well the last eight, 10 games. Having Che Adams back was 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 big for the first sort of 20 minutes. But yeah, he, I do wonder how fit he was. But we've got no one else to replace him with. You know, we've, we've got no one who's who's of any quality at all to to take his place. So, uh, and we saw that in the second half with the, I mean, the round of substitutions at the end, you know, we were dead in the game by then anyway. But, you know, when you got... Onoachu and Adam Armstrong coming on, you, you you kind of know the game's up, sort of thing, don't you? So um, so yeah, not not too many complaints from uh, from that point of view. But but the damage has been done, and why there seems to be a realization now that he he has to let the handbrake off because we needed to win all four games. Well, the time to let the handbrake off was two so months yeah. two months ago, two three months ago. But you know, he won those couple of games against Chelsea and Leicester by you know, att- being positive in the first half and then defending the hell out of it. Mm. We we seem to have moved away from that from, from from so many games and we've been trying to win it in the second half. I I don't understand it. There's been too many random selections along the way, you know, like Joe Rebo getting a game and which is still amazing. 
You know, was he, even on the be- was he on the even on the bench last night? He was okay. there, but he wasn't on oh. the bench. Yeah. He was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. They're so, bringing along to watch. So it, it it struck me a little bit as like a guy playing football manager and just chucking mm-hmm. chucking things in just to see if they work, sort of thing, without any any real plan. So, but I thought you know if we'd have played yesterday's team for the last sort of 10, 15, 10 games, maybe we'd have got a few more points. But it, it's infu- it's just infuriating looking at the the rubbish that's down the bottom of the league and how easy someone's going to, someone's going to stay up with a probably 32 points. Mm. And there's so many poor teams this season, not just the bottom five, you know, when you can look at some of the teams between sort of 10th and 16th or whatever, there's so many poor teams and it, it really wouldn't have been that difficult to nick, you know, get another three wins. You would have thought to give us a chance of staying up, but uh, yeah, too little too late yesterday, I'm afraid. Just a word, Steve, on Belakotchap. I know he, he left the ground on crutches afterwards. Questions about his um, application. It just feels to me that maybe, is he not right for the Premier League just yet? Is it a bit too early? Was he expecting to play as many games? Or do you think his head's been turned post-World Cup? No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, who who is going to sign a player whose injury record is, is such that he's now been subbed off, injured in four first halves in the season? I mean, I, I mean that must be unprecedented. And I think, I mean, I think we we can all see that the raw materials are there. Yeah. Um, he's largely good in the air, apart from the occasional moments where he where he turns fairly weak, as he did as he did a little bit last night. He's pretty quick on the ground, apart from times where he stumbles over his own feet and injures himself, like he did last night. He's reasonable with the ball at his feet, like we saw saw at the start of the season. He was making these marauding runs through the midfield and and taking a pot shot. I think it was against Leeds, wasn't it, where he took a took a pot shot from thirty five yards and put it just wide. And you think, oh well, like, we've 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 got something here. And he was he was obviously being being looked at earlier in the season. Hence, he got his Germany call up. Um, although, I mean, arguably that possibly says says a lot more about the quality of German defenders at the moment um, that he's already in the in the hmm. the senior national team setup. Um, but yeah, I think there's 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 raw materials to work there work with there, but. Ultimately, I don't think he played that many. He'd only played probably a dozen games or so for Bochum last season. So as a result, he's not not conditioned to be playing playing a forty odd game season. And some some people adapt to it really quickly. Others others unfortunately don't. And I mean, he's been a little bit unlucky in that a couple of his injuries have been sort of dislocated shoulders. Which I mean, doesn't, doesn't matter how fit you are, that that can happen if you land on the wrong wrong area. But the the sort of muscle injuries and the the sort of fitness and stamina issues that that seem to have been hinted at from uh, from Ruben Sellers in a couple of a uh, couple of press conferences and things like that, yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the sort of thing that is going to put um, put other teams off um, signing him. Which I mean, I guess there's a there's a charitable way of looking at that in that it's it's a positive for us in that we'll we'll keep a player who's been highly rated at various stages of the season, but. I mean, he'll need to step up another notch if he's going to go a 46-game league campaign um, in the championship next season. Is some of this on players like Salisu to a certain extent, Alfie? Because if I think back to that first game of the season, it was Bednarek and Salisu, I think, were the two centre-backs. And you kind of go, all right, well, maybe that's the plan. And then Belakotchap was always going to be like on the bench or just a player that came in when we needed him. So when you've got players like that that are injured and, and aren't around and have, have seemingly checked out you know some of this i think has got to be on him because players like salas who should have been they've been playing well and they should be 
in the team anyway. So the fact that we're even debating Bella Kochap and, and how we got turned twice for the goals yesterday, just part of it just doesn't sit easily with me. I suppose you say that, but I think when you go back to that game against Tottenham uh, in August, I think actually we were all very surprised that Bella Kochap was on the bench and we sort of hounded Ralph Hasnall for a, a little bit because he played every game of pre-season, didn't he? And he was he was good in pre-season as well. I mean, Gineppo was wing-back uh, that yeah, game, was he? So was, maybe <laughs> take it with a so pinch think, of salt. Yeah, but you're right. Look, we don't know what exactly is going on with Salah. So when Ruben Salah is asked, he's uh, how can he have an opinion on an injured player? He's an injured player. I can't assess his attitude. He's injured, which is... Yeah, you know, it's a brilliant diversion. It's a really good uh, way to not answer that question. But yeah, I think it's more about the 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 strategy, I guess, isn't it? With they've signed these really good players, and I think a lot of them, if not all of them, have, have broken down at some point in the season. You know, Bella Kochab over and over again. Obviously, Romeo Lavia for quite a definitive period, and and what a period that probably cost Ralph his job. And Juan Larios won't play again this season. We've seen what happened to Tino um, with two different knee injuries. So. These young guys, yeah, it's, it's clearly difficult, isn't it, to play a 38-game season. Like Steve says, they've got to do it for eight more games next season in the Championship. However, I think there's a good squad there. I, I do believe there is a, there's a good squad there, even with the maybe nine or ten players that will leave, six of those being players that will leave because they're good and four being players that will leave because they're not good. And then maybe even a couple more that will leave to Europe, like Orsic, on Yuachi, maybe they'll leave as well. I still think there's a good squad there. I still think there's a... There's, there's plenty there. And yeah, Glenn's just put a message into the chat. Remember who played? It was Jan Valery, wasn't it? It was Jan Valery yep. who started that game. Yes, yeah, of course. Which is a yeah. mental decision, of course, when you look back at it. But yeah. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Glenn, I was just going to ask about the that's the argument that we've seen and that Alfie was just saying there. You know, there is some good players there, but they're not playing as a good team. Is that right? I mean, because I, I'm maybe I've been watching it a bit too closely, but I'm thinking maybe two or three good players. And and yesterday <laughs> when that full time whistle went, I kind of felt like if if any of these leave, I'm not going to be upset. And I don't oh, remember no. feeling that before. There's always been at least one or two players where you think I don't want them to go. I'm going to be I'll be really upset if they go. But actually, to be fair, if any of them left tomorrow, I'd be fine with that. I'd wish them all the best. <laughs> I, I think you, you, you're looking at the squad and you'd miss War Prowse, Walker Peters, Romeo Lavia. They'd be the main three. Mm. Anyone else, I think I'd be over it by the time I'd finished reading about it. To be honest, by the time I got to the bottom of the page, it would be, uh, you know, be interesting to see if anyone gets the Adam Lalana two-line send-off. Yeah, there's there's not many there. I mean, I remember when, when we nearly got relegated the season we won at Swansea at the end, that season. I remember thinking the same thing. I was looking at the squad of players we've got and thinking, I think it was like Gabbiadini and mm. Hoiberg. I think Charlie were the only... Austin as well. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, as in the only two players who I was thinking oh, I'd yeah. be I'd be bothered if, if we lost If they weren't, you'd be upset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Because, I, you know, I can see something in those players. So, you know, we, I mean, the interesting thing for me is like, do you give players a chance 
who have been dreadful for the last two years in the Premier League? Do you give them a chance at a lower level? I mean, some of them, you're not going to you're not going to have a choice because no one's going to want to buy them. But you know, do you, for argument's sake, keep Joe Aribo in the Championship, who's done absolutely nothing in in the Premier League? And that's mm. that's what you've got to get your head around. Adam Armstrong is another one. Obviously, he scored a bundle of goals in the in the Championship two years ago, but for me, he doesn't look like a player who's going to score bundles of goals next year. He, you know, he's a difference between a player with confidence and a player without confidence now. So they, there's lots of decisions like that to be made. And obviously, and I've seen it written a, a, a few times now by various different people. You, you've got to have people who want to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, if people don't want to be here, then get them out the door because no one's, no one's that good. I mean, like Salasu clearly doesn't want to be here. And he has been a big loss this season, I think, because mm. it gives you that natural balance, the left-footed centre-back. He is capable of having very good games. But but no, um, if, if you don't want to be here, see you later. Try and get them out the door. I mean, I mean, there's the, ob- there's the obvious ones, obvious question marks over the likes of Orsic, Onoachu. But the trouble is, we're probably paying them 10 times the wages they were on at the previous club. So they're not going to, you know, take Orsic, for example. Why would he give up, you know, Say he was on five grand before, now he's on fifty. That's the total guess, by the way. Why would it? Why would he give that up? He's he's earned, you know, he's earned that. If you like, he's earned his move here, and it hasn't worked for whatever reason. Maybe it's his fault. Maybe it's our fault. Why? Why would he give that up? How I think, are we? Gonna... I, think, I think Turkey's got quite a um, quite a, com- uh, a comfortable tax arrangement, should we say, with <laughs> with footballers. So I think that that might be a popular. But we've seen before how difficult it is to get rid of the dross, isn't it? It's all very well going right, but well, we want to get rid of him and we want to get rid of them. But when they're on the books and, and people aren't going to take their wages on and they might want to yeah. leave, so it's 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 really difficult. It's, it's, yeah. it's it might not be the rebuild that we we want <laughs> or need. In fact, that's no. Some... You'd you'd like to wipe you'd like to wipe the site clean and and get rid of anybody who you don't think is going to sort of be up to be up to the job but it is it is going to be very difficult and this is the point I made a couple of weeks ago sport republic and the 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 new manager hopefully and the the director of football they've got to start getting decisions right in fact it, i mean it's forget sport republic it's more about it's more about the manager and the director of football the people who actually know about football they're the ones who have got to make the decisions on the players and 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 any players that we sign, it's got to be, they've got to be signed with the idea of building a promotion-winning team, not signing some fourteen-year-old from Chile who we're going to sell on in five years' time or whatever. You know, we've got we've got to start getting the priorities right. And am I right, Alfie? Did Sellers hint there is a, a plan for relegation, and, and and he was saying that we might hear more about that soon, or they're going to sit down and they're going to talk about it. And, and it, it seemed like they weren't going to maybe wait until the end of the season. I think before the Liverpool game was mentioned, he's been yeah. carrying it. He's been carrying out the plan for relegation. <laughs> Executed yeah. perfect. I would hope perfectly. that is the case. I would hope that is the case. But I'm, if it ain't, I say if it ain't broke, I'm, consider breaking it. Well, let's not get into that. Yeah, that's. Um... <laughs> I think the reason Job I said done. it, there, there are good, there are good players there. Like people like Charlie Alcaraz will play in the championship. I think you can field an eleven of some of them without the likes of Joe Reba and Adam Armstrong. You know they're going to sign a new forward. I think I think that's almost certainly going to happen. Somebody who wants to score goals. But I was listening to Dean Hammond on BBC Radio Sunday the other day. I don't know if anybody else listened in, but he was saying that they need to make these decisions early and get the players in early doors. But the problem is the the rebuild's not starting on the pitch. The rebuild's starting up in the boardroom. You know they've still got so many different positions to fill, so many people to find. And Jason Wilcox has got the biggest job he's ever had on his hands. Whatever date it is he starts, he's going to be very very busy because they can't even think about the pitch yet. They've they've got no academy manager. They've got no recruiter. You know, they've got a lot to do. 
And the, the departures probably haven't finished it either. Have well, they no, certainly it? haven't, yeah. No, no, there's going to be more to come. So um, is that what you're... I mean, you've spoken about this, Alfie, as well, about Sport Republic. When you know, when is it that they front up and they, they talk about the mistakes that they've made uh, and they, they, they talk about the plan to get back to the Premier League? Is, is that something that happens on Saturday when it's confirmed or is that something you'd expect like day after the Liverpool game? When, when do yeah, they actually come out question. and answer some questions? I do not know the answer to that, obviously. Um, I, I wouldn't know, but I'd like to think that it would be immediate, uh, you'd imagine. And, and like you say, that they reassure fans that, right, it's actually over now. I can't believe it's still not over. That's the thing that Glenn said and finally just ripped the Band-Aid off. We've been waiting since Forest in January. We knew that this was potential and it's still going on. But when it is, just accept it, get it, you know, tell people that it's going to be okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to divert a bit of power away from who it has been for the last uh, you know, seven or eight months and We've got this new guy, Jason Wilcox, and we're going to trust him to make the decisions, like Glenn said. Let's hope he starts. <laughs> I can imagine mm. him turn around and go, actually, do you know what? I don't fancy it. Steve, just on the, the final sort of two or uh, three games, what is it you were expecting to see from the players? Are, are we going to learn about their, their character? Are we expecting to see who wants to stay? Or is it just going to be like a, a pack of cars that's going to collapse? I mean, quite frankly, I've learned enough about their character over <laughs> the last 18 months. Um, I don't. I do not need to see any more of that. Mm. I mean, let's, let's be honest there's now going to be a certain certain amount of freedom. So actually, I think we'll see more games like last night. I think there'll be a lot of free-flowing free flowing attacking football because, hey, why not? There's no consequence now. Let's let's have a bit of fun. Entertain the fans, why not? Given that, that, given that um, there will be some um, interesting season ticket numbers uh, being released at some point in the, in the next uh, four weeks or so, I, I imagine. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a, lot to, a lot to take in, but ultimately the, the results the results now don't matter um so i fu- i fully expect us to um to probably take seven points just for just to rub rub our noses in it completely that would be absolutely ridiculous but yeah i, I mean what what else do we want to see May, i mean do you do you possibly look at one one of these games and put put together an 11 who might still be here next season that's what i would do possibly but the problem is the the players the teams we're playing against Still, I mean, Fulham have got Mitrovic back on Saturday, haven't they? Which is, yep. um, which I mean, you, you know, he's scoring at least once. And then you got Brighton and Liverpool, who are still chasing European football of various standards. Mm. So, I mean, if I mean, if Brighton turn in the sort of performance they they turded out yesterday um, <laughs> against Everton, then good lord, we might actually win another game this season. But yeah, it's. I'm not, I'm not even sure what I want. I'm, it's one of those things where we've been so bad for so much of the season when we've had things in our own hands and there's been something to play for. It would be, it would actually be more annoying if we now suddenly decided, well, now there's now there's nothing to play for. We might as well play. We might as well play some good football. Hmm. I think that would be that would that would be more insulting to the fans. I think. I almost don't want some of the younger players like, you know, Don Ballard is an obvious one, but I almost don't want them to be tainted with this season. Kind of like just just keep them to one side and then we'll bring them in next year and, and, and see how they get on. I don't know if you saw yesterday, there was a lad that threw his shirt on the pitch when he left early. Um, there was a pitch, I saw it on social media today. He actually emailed us. His name's Henry. Hmm. And he said, I threw my shirt onto the pitch last night on my way out. Shortly after we went 4-2 down, I can't remember a time I felt more defeated, deflated and angry towards my football club. I don't know. Cold and wet. Yeah, well, I'd imagine, yeah. He says, I don't earn very much money. I don't live in Southampton, so going to the football is quite a big commitment for me. The minimum I ask is that the players fight when times are hard. So I think that's a lot of people are going to be kind of echoing those sentiments, like these these last couple of games, just just turn up, 
put a shift in and show us that maybe you did care at some point. But the weekend is going to be a tough one and it's uh, it's Fulham next at home. Uh, as you mentioned, Steve, Mitrovic is going to be back after his, his eight-match suspension. So what have you made of them? Because they're, what, be 10th, aren't they, in the league? So they've done all right. They've been, I mean, they've been very hit and miss since since that FA Cup game where all hell, all hell broke loose. I mean, it was it was, I mean that that mad five minutes was definitely one of those one of those ones where commentators always take the moral high ground and say, oh, these are scenes we don't we never want to see, and yet actually everybody what watching absolutely wants to see this because it's hilarious and disgraceful in in equal measures, and it was it, and it was great entertainment. But I mean, since then they've been they've kind of fallen they've not. I mean, they're not in contention for Europe now. I don't think. I don't think they can they can sneak seventh anymore. But they've been they've been up and down. They've they've kind of beaten the teams that you would expect them to beat. So they've gone away to gone away to Everton and won quite comfortably. They've they've beaten Leeds at home and and they they gave gave Leicester an absolute spanking yesterday. But it's 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 one of those where yeah they've 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 kind of been able to they've had enough quality in the team to um to beat the beat the dreadful t- dreadful sides as all as all of the the five down there are but they've not really had anything when they've come up against any, pretty much anybody else in that period i think palinia is now injured as well so probably their player of the season's out um for the rest of the season and as a result they're probably just gonna just sort of limp through but i mean let's be honest if you'd have, if you said the start start of the season to any fulham fan you're going to finish 10th 10th or 11th potentially above chelsea um, they would have absolutely <laughs> ripped your arm off for that. Yeah, I mean, I think Fulham have kind of overperformed a little bit, even just from the games I've seen. They've they've lucked out a little bit, and maybe next maybe next season you get a bit of second season syndrome and Marco Silva's defensive sort of instability kicks in a little bit more. But they've been they've been they've been very good um, overall this season, and yeah, deserve their place, whereas we don't. It was one of those games, Glenn, that little run uh, back in January where you looked at that and thought, actually, this is one of those games we should be winning. I think we'd lost to Brighton, didn't we? Then we went to Fulham, lost 2-1. It was James Ward-Prowse's free kick, wasn't it? And that was when we started to go, maybe this Nathan Jones guy, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe he's not the one for us. We lost in the last minute, didn't we, with a flick on and header at the back post. Um, I remember exactly what I said after that game was that I didn't think Fulham were much good. And I, I still kind of stand by that. I don't think they're exceptional and that that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier on when I said the teams above the bottom five I mean I didn't realize Fulham were 10th but that's that's exactly what I'm saying the, the bottom half of the Premier League is is really not great so picking up points against the likes of you know Fulham Crystal Palace Wolves it, it shouldn't have been as difficult as we made it I, I didn't think Fulham played particularly well in the game that that we were up, that we were up there and um Sorry, when we were up there, rather, but they they found a way to win, and and we, as is our want, found a way to lose, um, just with pathetic defending at the end. So, uh, but no, fair play to them. I think you know, like like Bournemouth next year, they could well be bottom three next year, but they've had a good season this year, and they they deserve to stay up. Absolutely, um, yeah, they were never going to maintain the the European push, but uh, as Steve said, they'd have snapped your arm off for the season that they've had because they. I think they've been relegated the last three times they've been in the Premier League before this, more or less. Well, them, them and um, Norwich have basically just been swapping swapping places every year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so fair fair play to them. Hilarious that Mitrovic comes back against mm-hmm. us. There was, there was. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter now. But I mean, there, there was, was talk. It, for... Was Lianko marking him? I was trying to think what who we put up against him in because he would have played in January, wouldn't he? Um, uh, yeah, it was Lianko. Yeah, yeah, could be an, an interesting one on Saturday. 
one yeah. to look out for. Yeah, this you know, Serbian connection, isn't it? So it'll be, uh, hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they go for that again. But uh, I would imagine, well, it would be Lianko or Chiletazar that will come in for uh, Bela Kocap, assuming that we've seen the last of him. And I can't see Salisu coming back. So yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to look out for. But I I agree with what what Steve said. I think this will be quite an open game. I mean, the the players, even if they don't believe it themselves, they've got to go into the game thinking, well, we have to win this one, which which of course we do. Nine points and beyond or whatever we are. So we have to go and win it. So uh, yeah, why not go for it? And uh, I think we'll see a fairly attacking performance again. There is this strange situation where we might win, but still end up being relegated. I think on on Saturday, so we we could <laughs> put in the game of the season, and it still wouldn't be enough. Um, Alfie, what are you expecting from the the atmosphere at, at the weekend? Because it, it's just, I mean, you've been at all the games, but mm. it just seems a bit flat. There's that sort of acceptance almost at the end from the fans, and that was a little strange at the end where the players just went over last night and they're, they're just like staring into the abyss. It, it was it, it dawned on them, hadn't it? And I don't think they really knew what to do. Yeah, that really was weird, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know um, if anybody was in the away end, but I, I spoke to a few people, and I think I think the, the, the general consensus was half of the away end were clapping them, sort of, you know, sort of applauding them. The other half were giving them a little bit, I guess. So I think it might have been a bit of a weird experience, but I think it was probably the moment where all the players realised if they hadn't already somehow that all right, yeah, we we, we failed in our mission here. And yeah, it was it was weird. I'm mean, just looking at it, and the, the, uh, such a long time just staring at their supporters. I think it'll be. <laughs> I think it would be an interesting atmosphere. Was on, it that nobody Saturday. wanted to go first? That nobody wanted mm, to be the first yeah. one to sort of turn their back and, and walk away. Well, it's usually Romeo Lavi is the last one that turns his back and walks away. I think he actually, I think he actually left quite early. I think he's he's feel a bit overwhelmed by it potentially. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting atmosphere. The atmosphere. Uh, look, St Mary's hasn't been the fortress, obviously, that anyone would have wanted it to be in this season. And when you see sort of the, the the starts of games like Forest and the way they 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 get up for it, it's. You almost wish that you could do that a little bit, but it's so hard when you haven't been given any encouragement on the pitch at all. I mean, the worrying thing is that I'm reliably informed that Fulham will still be up for it because I think they've got some not real accolades to chase. I think they, they're six points off their highest ever Premier League points total, which they want for some reason. I think it's 53, they've got 48, if they get six, they'll guarantee it. And six will also guarantee that they finish above Chelsea and they've got Southampton and Crystal Palace and United left. So they'll probably see this as one where they can really sort of tick that off and then they've got two goes um two goes at it so yeah it'd be interesting um it's been a shame I'm, I'm looking forward to st mary's next season i hope that if in the end the championship start winning some more games i think it'll be a bit more lively and there'll be a, a few less the day trippers i see steve's face there um but a few less day trippers uh, and a few less not not some fans a few less big six fans in the home end um and you can start to feel that connection again with the club I did. I mean, momentum is a word which keeps coming up, and it has done in the in the comments tonight. And I I saw someone with a very fair point today was if we're going to be promoted next season, we need to win best part of like twenty eight games. So it's going to be quite the turnaround of the team, the character, and the mentality if we're going to bounce back. I want to do score predictions for this because prior to this game, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be another one 0 defeat. But I'm not sure now, given what Alfie said about how much they need the points and they want to finish above Chelsea. Mitrovic coming back, the pressure probably being off. Maybe you know if we, we approach it the same sort of way. Steve, I'm going to come to you first for your score prediction. If you're watching live, by the way, you can put them into the into the comments, and uh, it's always good to see what you you think as well. Yeah, I mean, as, another as, three as, goals. Yeah, I mean, as 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 I said earlier, the pressure's off, so therefore they'll they'll turn up and and play with play with freedom, and and everyone will have a great time, and and we'll be kicking ourselves and wondering why why they didn't bother doing this back in uh, back in December. Um, three all. No, nice. What a game! Nice. <laughs> what a game it's going to be, Glenn. Um, similar, but not quite as mad. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a three-two win. Um, I know Fulham are saying uh, win, three-two win. Yeah, come on. I, um, 
you know, I hear what you're saying about Fulham chasing accolades and trying to mm. lose by Chelsea and mid-table players won't give a rat's about that. They will be, they know they can't qualify for Europe. They won't give a rat's about finishing above Chelsea. They'll, they'll give a rat's about where they're going on the beach. Fulham, <laughs> Fulham have a, next to nothing to play for. So they're, they're just as likely to phone it in. Um, but so I think a combination of, of that and, um, and Saints having the pressure off and having to win, I think we'll go for it again. Like we did, like we did um, against Forest and just hopefully we can defend a little bit better. 3-2 win. All right. Uh, and Alfie? Yeah, I think that I think the Fulham players will fancy a few extra quid uh, in their in their pocket for winning a few extra goal bonuses. Perhaps I think that they will win four two. Four two. I've seen a few four twos in the comments actually, and uh, a couple of four threes as well. So we're predicting goals, which no, uh, nil nil then. Yeah, it's not wrong. Uh, well, we'll be back to dissect that game. Um, that's pretty much it for this week's pod. Don't forget, you can follow us. It's Total Saints Podcast. You'll find us on Facebook and Twitter at Total Saints Pod. You can get in touch via the website. You can drop us an email during the week. It's always lovely to hear from you, especially at this end of the season. We're going to be um, getting everybody's thoughts on on how it's gone wrong uh, totalsaints.co.uk is the website you'll also find us on patreon that's where you can support the podcast with the monthly contributions it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast different tiers on there of course ranging from five pounds to 20 pounds per month and each of the tiers comes with those different perks including the weekly shout outs for those patrons in the francis benali and the mick shannon tier so thanks as always to dave melton mark atkins matt hall andy hollis and anthony thompson in the francis benali tier and also to colt baker Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Matt Rose, and Nick Reed in the Mick Shannon tier. Um, thank you, Steve. Thanks to Glenn. Thanks to Alfie. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you again next week. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.